What's up, Earth Citizens? Welcome to Uncommon Grounds, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. This is a podcast about students from our School of Communications. In this episode of Uncommon Grounds, host Chris Rausch interviews Jonathan Banks. He's a journalism student who's interned for NBC Sports, and he also worked full-time for ESPN while also going to school. Jonathan talks about life as a triplet, covering the Washington Nationals, and how he learned the rules of field hockey in a single day before being thrown into the commentator seat. I'm David DeRoche. I'm the producer of the show. I'm also director of community programming at Quinnipiac. Uncommon Grounds is hosted by Chris Roush. He's the dean of the School of Communications. Thanks for listening. So let's start first with um, how did you come to Quinnipiac? What, uh, what made you pick Quinnipiac? Yeah, so when I was, when I was looking for colleges, I knew, um, as Terry Bloom joked, I knew straight out of the womb what I wanted to do, and that was work in sports media. So my college decision was based on what places would give me the best opportunities to succeed in this field. And, you know, you have your traditional big name schools that everyone loves to look at, but I got a brochure in the mail from Quinnipiac University and the campus just looked beautiful. So I went for a visit and the first time I visited, I knew it was where I belonged. Uh, You just get this feeling when you go to a college that you feel like that you want to go there and you're going to love it there. And that's what I got when I visited Quinnipiac. And then I heard about the three plus one program and all the opportunities that the school and the school communication specifically provided. And it was just a perfect fit. I couldn't imagine myself anywhere else. Where else did you look? Um, I was, I looked at Syracuse, Maryland, um, Penn state, the uh, some other schools that have prominent sports journalism programs. I also looked at Villanova university. Um, so those are really those four schools in Quinnipiac were basically the five that I was deciding between. And when you got here uh, to Quinnipiac, how did you start getting involved in student media? Um, Well, that's one of the reasons that drew me to Quinnipiac also is the student media Q30 television and the Quinnipiac Bobcat Sports Network were two right off the bat. And I went to the the media summit uh, slash involvement fair where every club and organization is pitching what they have to offer to prospective students and prospective members. And a day after that event, I connected with uh, Kirby Paulson, who used to be the chairman of the Quinnipiac Bobcat Sports Network and has since graduated. And he said, hey, anything you want to do as fast as you want to do it, just let me know and I'll make it happen for you. And QBSN had an opening for a color commentary position on a field hockey broadcast. And me being from New Jersey, um, at least in my high school, in my area, there is no field hockey going on whatsoever. So I was unfamiliar with the rules and what exactly went into a field hockey contest, but I learned the rules within 24 hours, and I just kind of thrown into the fire with my first broadcast, and that was really the moment because that broadcast was tough. Talking on air about something you're not familiar about is a real challenge, and I I think talking on air is something that's underrated to begin with, with the ability and the camera presence you have to have, but when you're doing it for the first time and for a sport that you have know nothing about, um, it was definitely a challenge, but I loved doing it, and then from then on, that kind of springboarded me into the student media and being involved with Quinnipiac University, for sure. You know, to me, field hockey is a very underrated sport. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of action going on there. The, the scores may not be very high, but there's a lot of action. Yeah, and soccer is one of my favorite sports, too, and I liken it to almost that, where the buildup play is very fascinating, where yeah. you have a lot of different combination plays in the middle of the field and people running forward. But also, I will say, the, the penalty corner – um, where people have to put on masks to try and defend it is one of the more dangerous things I've seen in sports with a ball that small going to hit you that hard. So I think 
that field hockey definitely is undervalued. And it's a sport and many things, rugby too here at Quinnipiac, that I've grown to appreciate by covering it. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been hit by a, a lacrosse ball or a hockey stick or a hockey puck, but it's it's similar in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten hit with uh, street hockey balls before, and that's not fun. But an actual hockey puck, I, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Yeah. So besides field hockey, what else have you covered at Quinnipiac? Um, at Quinnipiac, it's, um, like I addressed earlier, soccer is one of my favorite sports. So I was a beat reporter for Q30 Television for – men's soccer so I covered a lot of soccer and then as the winter sports transitioned I did a lot of broadcasting for hockey and basketball for the last three years I've been a men's hockey beat reporter for Q30 television um, and I also broadcasted baseball and softball so throughout my time at Quinnipiac um, I probably covered every sport um, at least a healthy amount of times um, but yeah and then through then I've been able to have experiences to cover um, the NCAA tournament from the men's hockey team last season. I went up to Cornell University my freshman year when men's hockey played um, in Ithaca in the ECAC hockey playoffs. Um, so that was two really cool experiences that all springboarded from my involvement just earlier on in the year. Very cool. And you're also a, uh, a campus tour ambassador, right? Yes. Um, yeah, formerly I was. I'm not working with the office of undergraduate admissions anymore because of a job that I picked up with ESPN. So it was hard to do both, but yeah, I was, I was a tour guide and I love doing that too. Um, I, something I love to do is just show people and prospective students like why I chose Quinnipiac and my version of Quinnipiac. Cause I know I have a different way of looking at the school than, than some other people do because everyone just has their own perspective, but me wanting to give back. And I remember how difficult my college decision was and how everyone at Quinnipiac made it a very easy decision for me to want to go there towards the end of the process. I wanted to try and help people along and make that decision for them too. So you come to Quinnipiac in the fall of 2017, but then by, uh, by spring of 2019, you land your first internship at NBC Sports in Washington. Tell me about how that happened. How, how did you land uh, a sports internship after two years? Yeah, so I think something that's really important that Quinnipiac University does a phenomenal job of is having professors that have worked in the industry and that they care about you and your well-being. And I think that's something so underrated when you think about the Quinnipiac class size and you get to know professors on more than just a first name basis. They know about you, how many siblings you have, um, what your hobbies are, what your favorite sports teams are. And that's something that's so underrated when I talk to my friends that are at these big institutions and they just go to class sit in the back row and walk out and don't get anything out of it. So I think that's something that's really important. And Barry Sachs, who had worked at ESPN, I had him for a sports journalism class, sports broadcasting. And it was a lot of play-by-play, -play, color commentary, how to put together a highlight, um, just a lot of basic aspects of sports media that you learn at these bigger companies. And I had a really good relationship with Barry. And I told Barry, I'm looking for a summer internship. And he immediately put me in touch with Benji Kays, who runs a lot of programming and linear development at NBC Sports Washington. Him and Barry had worked together at ESPN, and then they got me in touch with the recruiter, who was awesome. And we had, I went through a few interviews, and I eventually got the job. But my mindset was I wanted to go anywhere that would be the best opportunity for me. And Barry and other professors at the School of Communications gave me connections to reach out to and I networked with them had a few good opportunities and I just chose the one that worked for me but it was definitely a long process but I'm happy and very thrilled with the way it worked out. 
So tell me a little bit about what you did for NBC Sports in Washington. What, what was that summer like? It was something that opened up my eyes to a lot of things. I mean, first, I'm actually a triplet, um, and I had shared a room with my two brothers my whole life. The first time I was away from them was when I went to Quinnipiac. And going to Washington, D.C. is just a different setup than Hamden when you have the metro and you're right in the middle of the city, and it's not more of a suburban area. So just adjusting to life in Washington, D.C. and living on my own was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime experience that throughout those three months I learned more than I ever thought I would about myself. But in terms of the actual job, it was awesome. It gave me a taste of what it's like to work in sports media in the real world. I worked three or four days a week, depending on what the day, what the day called for. Um, I would usually work from 3 p.m. to midnight, and I would be helping the production team make graphics, um, sitting in production meetings and giving my two cents, helping producers with rundowns. And my favorite part was getting to cover the Washington Nationals as a credentialed member of the media, going to pregame media with Davey Martinez, the Nationals manager, and going into the clubhouse. Um, and then after the game, I got to write a few post-game and pre-game blog posts that are that I got a byline on NBC Sports Washington. So besides the production aspect, I got to see the writing aspect, and that was all credit to NBC Sports Washington because I wanted to get the most out of my experience. And Amanda Zimmer, who runs the program there, does a phenomenal job of making sure the intern gets out of it what the intern wants out of it. So I got to do a bunch of different things that I really enjoyed. So give me a feel for your play-by-play style. Are you more of a Jim Nance, Al Michaels guy? Or are you more of a Chip Carey, Keith Jackson, Marv Albert? What kind of style are we talking about here? I always, I always think about that too because my, my, dad, my dad is a huge Doc Emmerich fan. My dad is a diehard hockey fan. So he always, he always wants me to kind of use the exuberant vocabulary and – tell the story throughout just how the game is going. But I'm kind of – I don't know if I really have a certain style as another uh, esteemed broadcaster, but I definitely I definitely like to not necessarily go on tangents, but I love to talk about players' stories and their emotions. If someone came from another country or what I talked to them about a media day the week before, I really like relaying on relying on that as well as the game. And I definitely like to set up my color guide because I rely on them a lot for analysis during it. Either way, I, I love doing it, and it's just something that not necessarily maybe won't go down that road as a career path, but it's a lot of fun for me, and Quinnipiac gives you a lot of experience to do that. So this past year, you've been kind of juggling your schoolwork with working for uh, ESPN full-time. Uh, how do you schedule a full-time job with uh, full-time schoolwork as well? Yeah, um, it's it's – definitely something that was both a mental and physical challenge that I didn't even think about. Um, Barry Sachs, who I just mentioned earlier that had helped me with the NBC Sports Washington job, um, had sent out just a message to me and a few other Quinnipiac students, hey, this is a great opportunity, ESPN. They're offering uh, positions for recurring production assistance. And by recurring, the letter of the, the law of the word recurring means every once in a while. So my thought was, oh, cool, I'll get to go to ESPN once or twice a week or a month if I get this position and be able to do that and school. I went in for the interview, and when I went in for an interview, there were seven other people going for, out for the same job. And most of them were in their postgraduate years of college. They'd come from all across the country. And in my head, I'm thinking, this is not what I signed up for, thinking that I would just be able to pop my head in every now and then and learn the tricks of the trade. But 
I ended up going through the interview. I got the position. And when I got the position, I heard it was 40 hours a week. And in my head, I thought there's no way I can do this. But in my mind, like ESPN has been a place that I've always wanted to work. I grew up watching SportsCenter. So I thought this was a once in a lifetime opportunity that I deserved to myself because I worked hard and I earned it to give it a try. And I ended up doing so. And it was definitely a mental grind. Um, I worked five days a week. Um, I would leave Quinnipiac's campus. I lived up on York Hill. I would leave at three o'clock in the afternoon and I would get back around two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning um, from work. And just from that process, it was a lot of time management was the most important thing. Could I do homework at 10 o'clock in the morning before class when I woke up? Could I fit it in during shift times at ESPN? It all depended what the schedule allowed, but it was definitely a process and it wasn't easy by far, but anyone who has that opportunity, I would definitely suggest to take it. So who was your favorite ESPN announcer growing up? Growing up? Um, I don't want to use the classic Chris Berman answer, but Chris Berman was someone who you just love watching because his energy is infectious through the screen. Um, and when you have him, Stuart Scott was awesome. I grew up um, just watching SportsCenter all the time. I remember Neil Everett and Stan Verrett, who now do SportsCenter in Los Angeles. I remember I used to wake up at 7 o'clock every morning, run into my parents' room during elementary school before, while I was in elementary school, watch the first hour of SportsCenter with both my brothers, and then run back out, put on our clothes, and get ready to go to school before 8.30 in the morning. So those are the great memories I have, and I remember those four specifically, but ESPN is just something that turns out a lot of talent who – necessarily aren't at ESPN anymore when you think about Dan Patrick and others like that, but ESPN has a very good amount of talent, no pun intended, that I've looked up to. Yeah, when I think back, I think of the, the Sunday night uh, show that Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann used to do yeah. uh, for years. Uh, that was like a must-watch in my household. <laughs> yeah, and Keith Olbermann still has a cool twist on at least the last few months, he's been voicing over the not top 10 plays every Friday. So that's been something that Keith Olbermann has owned. And just the way, just his delivery and his style is just something that you've, that I find very unique in, in today's landscape. And it's refreshing how authentic he is. When you get out and graduate from Quinnipiac, what's the, what's the career goal? The career goal is definitely to produce some sort of, uh, very vague, but I want to be I want to be some sort of television producer in sports media. Where exactly that is, I'm not sure yet. But working at ESPN definitely reinforced the fact that I want to work in TV production. Um, whether I want to do more so studio shows or live games, example Monday Night Football or Wednesday Night NBA Basketball, it all depends. I'm not sure exactly where I fall on that yet. But I really love my experience with studio shows, um, so I definitely want to produce and have that control to be able to dictate what I want in my rundown. And just, I just get a rush when I'm in the control room and when I'm producing content at ESPN. So it was definitely reinforced what I wanted to do, but definitely producing someone, whether it's linear content or digital content. So behind the camera, not in front of the camera. Yes. Yes. I've kind of whittled it down to behind the cameras where I want to be. And how are you, how are you handling uh, this whole situation that we're going through right now where everybody's taking classes from, uh, from their homes. How, how has that been an adjustment for you? It, it's definitely been an adjustment. I mean, simply put, um, when you're going to class, like one of the things that, like I, ne I love going to class at Quinnipiac because you get to walk around the campus and it's the perfect size campus where you get to see people that you know roaming around and there's a comfort level. And when you're at home, 
it almost feels like high school again, where I'm back in, where I'm sharing a room with my two brothers and where we have this one room um, that is called the classroom room where you rotate in and out of because everyone has class and midterms and tests at different times. So that's an adjustment. And then it's also the real world impact, which I didn't even think about when I was coming home for this. Just for an example, my mom works in a hospital and she's been on the front lines working with patients of, of, the, of the coronavirus and just the mental aspect of balancing my schoolwork and my schedule like I usually do and still getting that commitment done. But my mom has been working really hard at work doing things that are really, really impressive. And just, it really just takes a lot for her to be able to get up every day and do that. She's now working on weekends too, because of the shortage and the amount of expertise that is needed on her end, but it's been really tough and classes in Quinnipiac in general has been great, but it's the mental side where it's almost like, Hey, I care more about how my mom's doing than getting this online assignment done. That's an honest assessment. And it's an okay assessment, but it's definitely been a challenge to balance the two, but it, it's, it's hard for anyone in any institution to be able to handle this. Tell me about your brothers. Where are they going to school and what are they studying? Yeah. So my, my, so I'm actually one minute and two minutes older than both of my brothers. So very close. Um, my brother, Robert is at Brandeis university studying economics and finance, and he's going to be interning at Prudential this summer. Um, so I'm very proud of him and he's, he's really, He's really uh, more of a math guy. I'm going to sit at the desk from nine to five and get everything done. Meanwhile, I have to be moving around and doing something. Um, and my younger, youngest brother, technically, Sam, um, is at Drexel University. And he's working in sport management and business analytics as a double major. And right now he's working for Turnkey Sports, which is a, sp a sports agency that helps with recruiting um, different, different uh, personnel for team positions. Um, and it's funny because his job is very, very hands-on and top secret. He never tells me like what he's doing or what he's working on because of the company policy, which is great. But the two of them are definitely different in terms of personality than me, but we've always been tied together and naturally so because we have the same last name. We're triplets in high school. We played the same sports, had the same friend group. So it's really interesting now that we went out to school, we made our different friends, we're doing our different things, and now we just come back home. And the love for each other is still there. We're still very close, but the three of us are just totally different people now. My, uh, my wife is a twin, and, and she holds it over her brother that she is the older of the twins. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, so I, I definitely understand uh, <laughs> uh, what you're talking about when you're talking about you being the oldest. It's a, it's a sense of pride. Yeah, and I, that's, a perfect, that's a perfect segue because growing up, whenever mom and dad left the house to do something, I made a scene that I was the one in charge because I was the oldest. <laughs> Just <laughs> like that jogged my memory. And whenever my brothers and I are huge baseball fans too, whenever we play wiffle ball in the backyard, I'm the oldest one. So I get to pick whether I pitch first or I bat first. So just funny things like that. And I mean, I hope your wife took advantage of that as well, of those opportunities. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, I really appreciate your time. This has been great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. That was Chris Rausch interviewing journalism student Jonathan Banks. It's pretty amazing how he was able to work full-time and go to school. Definitely not recommended for the faint of heart, for sure. Uncommon Grounds is a podcast hosted by Chris Rausch. He's the Dean of the School of Communications at Quinnipiac University. The show is produced by me, David Roche, and I also do the music. To learn more about our podcast, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can also subscribe to all our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other apps. Definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram at qupodcasts. 
If you have a story to share, something you want us to talk about, you can find us on social media or you can shoot an email to qupodcasts at qu.edu. On the next episode of Uncommon Grounds, Chris interviews senior film students about their capstone projects. Until then, stay inside, wash your hands, and thanks for listening.